I know as we sit in this season of worry and anxiety, many have been saying, is there more to life than this? In the last several weeks, I think many people have not only been asking that question, they've been thinking to themselves, there has to be more to life than this, right? I mean, in the last 30 days or so, our world has been turned upside down and inside out as we are living through a season that will be written about in history books. Movies will be made, novels will be written, documentaries will retell the story for generations to come. We will pass down the remember when stories to our grandkids and great grandkids of what happened when the world came to a screeching halt in 2020 because of COVID-19. See, everyone wants everything to go back to normal, but I'm not sure that normal is ever coming back. And I even wonder what's normal anymore. And if everything does go back to normal, will you still be normal? Or has this pandemic changed you and me so that we will never be the same again? See, right now, history is being written. History will be told. And your life story in this season will be shaped by the decisions you make today. It's pretty tempting and, and frankly, quite easy for many of us to sit in our homes all day long and dwell on the weight of what is surrounding us in our world with this virus. Yet today, we celebrate a far greater moment that changed history and marked our world. It's the most significant event that the universe has ever seen. And I believe helps answer that question, is there more to life than this? This week, we uh, just walked through what we call Holy Week for people of faith. It's a week where we remember and we reflect and we celebrate all that Jesus did for us. His crucifixion, his death, burial, and his resurrection. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the single event that our faith stands on. At the heart of the resurrection is the heart of what we believe as followers of Jesus. And if Christ had not been raised from the dead, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians, then our preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. If Christ was not raised from the dead, then my faith is useless. What I have dedicated my entire life to, it's really just meaningless. Yet historically as believers, we know that what we believe about the resurrection of Jesus Christ is true. And what is really important is there is no serious secular historian that denies the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Tacitus, Suetonius, there was a Jewish historian after the first century named Josephus. All of them wrote about the undisputed evidence of Jesus' death on the cross and his ultimate resurrection. Histori historically, it is undisputable that Jesus was dead and that he rose from the dead. And I can't imagine what it was even like when those Jesus followers came up to the tomb on that day after he had been crucified and after he'd been buried and they came to the tomb and they found that the stone had been rolled away. Think about it. In that moment, imagine what they would have been like to come up on the place where Jesus was buried and to look in and find nobody there because there was no body there. Scripture says that, that two guys suddenly appeared to the ladies at the tomb. And the text says they were gleaming like lightning and they stood beside them, which freaked them out, the text tells us. And the women fell to the ground and these figures said these words. 
Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, for you see, he has risen. Don't you guys remember how he told you while he was still with you guys that he would be given over to the people and that he would be crucified? But on the third day, he was going to rise again. Something so important, yet it seems in that moment they somehow forgot. So the text tells us that the ladies ran back to their neighborhood and they started to share what had just happened. Yet in the excitement, in the midst of their overwhelming joy, maybe their overwhelming astonishment, those who heard them, they just weren't convinced. Here's what Luke recorded. The neighbors that they went to, they weren't convinced and they said, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. I think for many, this story of Jesus for so long has seemed like nonsense. But maybe with the season we are in, just maybe it actually starts to make sense to some of you today. I read this week that one company who publishes Bibles have reported selling more Bibles in the last two weeks than in the previous two years. You might ask, well, why is that? Well, I think it's because people are searching for answers and people are thinking to themselves, there has to be more to life than this. And they are on a quest to find answers to what is going on. Jesus had some important words as he spoke to a group of people in the book of Matthew. And that's just the first book of the New Testament in the Bible. He had some words about how we should live here on this earth. And he said this, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you're going to eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? And then he tells them, just look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Hmm. Let's just be honest. There's been a lot of worry over the last few weeks, and many of us today, we're actually just sitting in our worry. Some are overwhelmed overcome, and frankly, some of us are over it. I know I am. Speaking of over it, I, I read a, a headline this week that said, wiped out of toilet paper. I love that. Wiped out of toilet paper. Let me ask you, what does toilet paper have to do with a global pandemic? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yet millions of people have been panicking about their household supply. And let me tell you, you guys, you're the reason our family hasn't bought any toilet paper since February. Luckily, we went to Costco in that month, but every time we go to the store, there is no more toilet paper anywhere. Why is that? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because in a crisis, it's a common reaction for us to feel a need to control and a need for security. So we hoard and we protect. But I'll let you in on something. You were never in control and you never will be. And when Jesus tells us, hey, don't worry about your life, what you eat or what you wear, what you drink. He doesn't mean we should try to eat as little as possible and wear dirty and ragged clothes just to make a point. And let's just admit, some of you have been making a point. You've been in your sweats for three weeks and 95% of your wardrobe hasn't even been worn. So have your clothes really mattered? No, but that wasn't Jesus' point. Jesus was making a point, but his points usually revolve around our priorities. See, he wants us to have those things. He wants us to enjoy this life and to be people filled with joy. He just knows when we put the world first, we're gonna be shortchanged. 
But if we put God first, we're going to get the world thrown in. And be honest, right now the world isn't offering us much as far as stability and hope or what it means to live an abundant life. And Jesus has known that all along. And honestly, that's why we celebrate Easter. That's why we come and we worship Jesus Christ together and we proclaim him as Lord and King because he died, but he rose again from the grave so that we might have life. So let me ask you right now, what does the resurrection mean for you? You might even ask the question, well, why would Jesus need to be crucified? Why did he die and why is it so significant to me that this guy rose from the dead? Well, I think it can be summed up in one word, love, love. See, you are loved and you are known by the God of the universe. And that God loved you so much that he went to a cross and he took all of your sin upon that cross to forgive you and to free you. See, Paul said God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. I love that line. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. What that says is God took the initiative on your behalf. He was reconciling us back into a relationship with him. Reconciled is really just the process of making something compatible once again. And scripture tells us that because of sin, because of our wrongdoing, we have been separated from God. And there was a price that God needed to be paid for our sins. He needed to pay it for you and for me. And so God sent his son to stand in your place. He sent his son and Jesus Christ gave his life for you on a cross. And really what he did is he emptied his life on that cross so that he might fill the emptiness in your heart today. Really all Christianity is at its core, it's connection. It's connection with our creator, God, through Jesus Christ. And I just want to remind us, we all know this, but none of us are perfect, but today you are perfectly loved. And none of us are without sin, but we have been given a savior. As Jay said earlier in the video, when you get devastating news, when you get something that kind of slaps you in the face, when you're in a season like where you're in right now, you can give up and you can give in. You can start asking the questions, does God even know I'm here or does God even care? And as you walk through seasons of anxiety and worry, like many of you are, you can begin to question and wonder if there even is a God. And I know some of you have been asking yourself, is there more to life than this? Because this, if this is all there is, then is it all really worth it? But you see, God was reconciling the world back to himself and he was answering that question. God wasn't counting your sins against you. Even though you were guilty, he calls you forgiven. Because of Christ's work on the cross, listen to this, your debt of sin has been paid in full. And it wasn't anything you did, but it was everything that he did for you. You see, our hearts have always been divided. And scripture says that sin has caused that great divide. But from the beginning, God has desired to be in relationship with broken people like you and like me. But he knew we couldn't close that divide on our own. So he sent his son to be our savior. God had a solution for our separation. God had a solution for our sin. 
He sent his son, Jesus Christ, who suffered and died and rose again on the third day to be your savior. Here is what I know today. If there was a cure for this COVID-19 virus, don't you think we would be doing anything to find it and flocking to pharmacies to get it? If we all knew that we could be saved from this virus and we could get back to normal, wouldn't we do it right now? I mean, isn't that why millions of dollars are being spent? Isn't that why we're staying at home and protecting ourselves and our families so that we can get back to the way it was, the way we think it is supposed to be? Think about that. God did the same thing. When sin came into this world, God knew he had to make a way for you and for me to be cured from the curse of sin. See, the virus right now has gripped our world, but sin overtook our world and honestly destroyed our connection with our creator. But on Easter, God made a way. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day so you could rise to new life on this day. And he gives every one of us the choice to accept this gift or not to. It's completely to you. I think this, Jesus didn't just do a miracle on that day to show the world. He did a miracle so the world could see him through you. And stories are coming in all over the place of God doing amazing work in the hearts and lives of people. There was a doctor who was at a hospital in Lombardy, Lombardy Italy. And here are the words that he wrote as an atheist who came into a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. He said this, and never in my darkest nightmares have I imagined that I could and experience what has been going on here in our hospital for three weeks. The nightmare grows. The river gets bigger and bigger. At the beginning, some came, then dozens and then hundreds. And now we are no longer doctors, but we have become decision makers on a conveyor belt. We are forced to decide who should live and who should be sent home to die, even if all these people have paid their Italian taxes for life. Until two weeks ago, my colleagues and I were just atheists. I always laughed at my parents uh, who went to church. Yet nine days ago, a 75-year-old priest came to us. He was a kind man, and he had some serious breathing problems. But he came in with a Bible in his hand, and he impressed us as he read to the dying and held them by their hands. We were all tired, we were discouraged, and we were physically exhausted, but we made time to listen to him. Now we have had to admit, as human beings, we have reached our limits. We can't do anymore, and more and more people die every day. We have two colleagues who have died and others who have been infected, and we realize that, that man can only do so much, and we need God. And so we started asking for help. When we'd have a few minutes, we would talk with each other. And we cannot believe that we were formerly fierce atheists. But now each and every day we seek God for our peace, asking him to help us remain strong so that we can take care of the sick. You see, this 75-year-old priest died yesterday, he said. Yet despite his conditions and our unbelievable difficulties, he brought us a peace that was no longer hope to find, but now undoubtedly we have. The priest went to be with the Lord. And if it continues like this, we will soon follow him too. 
I haven't been home for six days, he writes. I don't even know when I ate last. And I realize my powerlessness on this earth. Yet I want to take my last breath to help others. I am happy to return to God while I am surrounded by the suffering and death of my fellow men. That is why Jesus came. See, Jesus didn't rise from the dead so people could see a great miracle. Jesus rose from the dead so people could see a great miracle in you. He rose from the dead so that you might live. He rose from the dead so you could become a new creation. He rose from the dead so you could put to death your past and he could breathe new life into your future. But he leaves that choice to believe in your hands. In this unpredictable, unprecedented season, history is being made and your story is still being written. Just wanna ask you, will it be a story where you settled your eternal destination once and for all. Paul, after he said, listen, I want you to follow Jesus Christ. I want you to be reconciled. He says this, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Is there more to life than this? Yes, there is more to life than this. And his name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the hope for the hopeless. He is the joy for the joyless and the one that brings sight to the sightless. He is peace to the peaceless and might to the mightless. He is the light in the darkness and through his resurrection, he can redirect you and reconcile you back with God. And if you wanna change the course of your eternity and experience the more of Jesus Christ today, I would love to help you do that. And it's pretty simple. The first thing, just in your heart right now, I would just ask you, would you be willing to admit that you need a savior? The writer Paul wrote these words to the church in Rome. He said, you see at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that includes you. And what he says is, will you admit today that you are a sinner and in need of a savior? Second, will you believe that Jesus' death and resurrection reconciled you back to your creator, God? He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and you're justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Admit and believe Jesus is who he says he was. And the third is commit. Would you, day you, would, would you commit your life to Jesus? Would you choose this day in the midst of, of this really unpredictable season to make a decision for Jesus Christ. Admit, believe, commit. And may today not be a day you remember hearing something about Jesus, but may it be the day you choose to believe in Jesus. Because Jesus can transform your heart, Jesus can shape your life, and he will change your eternal destiny as you commit your life to him. See, Jesus Christ rose from the dead on the third day so you could rise to new life on this day because there is more to life than just this. And his name is Jesus Christ.
Would you pray with me? Father God, we uh, thank you for this day that we celebrate our risen Savior and Lord. And we thank you, God, for sending your Son to take away our sin, to nail it to a cross, to forgive us, to pay all of our debt, past, present, and future. And God, you rose again to give new life to each and every one of us who would choose to believe. And I thank you for those today, right now, in this moment, that have admitted that God, they are in need of a savior, that they have believed you were the son of God, that you rose from the dead. And that right now, in this moment, they are simply just saying in their hearts, Lord Jesus, I commit my life to you and I am going to follow you. Thank you for those that have made that decision today. God, we celebrate the new life with we thank you for those of us that celebrate Easter and are reminded on this day when, when things just seem uh, to be in turmoil, that there is more to life than this, that there is more than the temporary. May we not focus on the temporary, but may we focus on the eternal things because God, you never change and you have given us this life to live on purpose and to live it to the fullest. And I thank you for Jay's story. And I thank you, God, for sending your son and giving us an abundant life here, but promising us eternal life forever with you. And so today we say thank you for this Easter day and we recommit our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you made that decision today, we just wanna celebrate with you. And what I'd love for you to do is right now, if you would just text the word commit, to 555-888. Text the word commit to 555-888. And as we close this service, we would just love to close with a blessing over you that the peace of God would reign in your hearts and in your lives as you celebrate his finished work on the cross and as we celebrate our risen savior, Jesus Christ today.